Okay, so welcome to episode 73 of Cloud Conversations. I am your host, Harvey Banks. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, anywhere you might be listening, go ahead and slide a five-star rating, leave a review, share this with a friend, anything that lets the algorithms know that this is the type of content that you like to consume on a Thursday afternoon or evening-ish would be appreciated. On today's episode, we have got a, I guess an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, one of my old favorite segments of shit I don't care about, but probably should. Going to talk a little black history. Then we're going to transition into time and patience just a little bit. So please stick around. Um, if you're on Instagram, find me. You can do that or don't. And that's fine as well. Uh, Stick around to the other side of the tunes and we will get this episode started. It is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. And understand what we've been through, then you probably wouldn't understand what this moment is about. This is home. This is where we're from. This is where we belong. And if if it ain't for the better of the people, nah, because you you robbing and stealing from the people that been there for so many years. Not just coming destroying knocking our neighborhoods down you know when they come there you're invisible you know you don't even have a number in the system nobody cares about you everything is about dollars and cents you know even when you talk in the government you know even you're talking about the, the the preachers and the people that's running the community and we have to show them the evolution of where we come from i'm about to send a message to the world Okay, so if you're new here, uh, let me catch you up to speed a little bit. I used to lead off the show with this segment called um, Shit I Don't Care About But I Probably Should. Uh, Long title, but kind of very direct. It's kind of mean in a nutshell when I think about it. But um, it's just what it sounds like. It's usually a current event topic that has the internet and or the world in flux that I should care about. But I really just don't care about it for some reason. Uh, either A, it doesn't really affect me and I really, really don't care about it. Or B, like I can see through the okie doke and I don't want to just have some crazy initial reaction to it. But like it's relevant enough that, you know, we should probably talk about it. Uh, so that's not going to change anymore. I didn't know if I was going to continue to do that or not because, you know, people get sensitive about certain things. But. I just, oh man, I recently realized I just don't care. Uh, so I enjoyed doing the segment, so we're going to do that today. So now you're caught up uh, to the people that's listened to this show for the previous 72 episodes. We're going to have fun again. Uh, today's topic is is Black History Month. And <laughs> I understand that there's some conversations that probably shouldn't be had in front of everybody. Um, to my black listeners listening you know exactly what i'm talking about but here i'm gonna try to uh kind of go in and express how i feel without stepping over any bounds that other people may not know exist um so when i the reason i put this in this i don't know section of the show is because like i don't care about the performative black history month stuff so let me get that out there kind of off the rip it's not that i don't care about black history I just don't care about black history month. And I think that like clarifying that will make you fully understand kind of what I mean, kind of going forward. So when I think about black history month, I remember when I was younger, I used to think about black history month and I didn't know a whole bunch. Right. 
because you're young and you're just stupid like everyone else. And so learning new things during Black History Month, I guess, did benefit me up to a certain extent. And then I got to be in like, I don't know, I think it was early. I was probably fifth grade when I started to realize, hey, yo, dog, they just keep telling us about the same people over and over as if three people got all this shit done. Nobody else did nothing. Nothing else happened. Right. And ironically, the three people they always told us about was also killed and dead early, but whatever. And so at that point, I kind of lost interest in Black History Month. And to my white friends, (laughs) this is how it went for most black kids in school during Black History Month, unless you was lucky enough to go to a school that was like mad diverse or not diverse at all. But you was actually around your own people, then most of the time during Black History Month, like you felt being black, you just kind of felt the responsibility to know all the shit that they was talking about or to the teachers expected you to want to participate extra or something. I don't I don't know how to explain it. It was just this weird responsibility and not really like a celebration. Um, so I can't speak for all black kids, but like for the most part, I was like, yo, I cannot wait till this shit is over with. Right. But as an adult, um, your views of the world grow and change and you start to see things for like not historical events, but you just start to see them for time markers. And so like these things just kind of represent a time period. And so as you get older or not you, let me just keep it on me. As I get older and I start to analyze things like my blackness and like what being black means and like civil rights and and have we really came that much further than we did before and yes we have but like at what cost and did it go as fast as like evolution naturally would have went and you get a lot of questions you can go deep into it but i'm going to keep it very simple today very simple there was a man that ran for president and won and uh his slogan was make america great again now this isn't about that man because i i just don't care what you feel about him It's just about that idea, right? Make America great again. So like two things become evident when you talk like that. And again, this isn't a political thing. This is just like, let's just let's make these words mean stuff now. Right. Like we need to bring back meaning what the fuck we are actually saying and understanding what is being said. Because a lot of shit is being said nowadays because of social media. So it's making it harder to like understand like, hey, what are they actually saying? And what is this person actually saying? So let's just take this for what it what it says. Make America great again. It gives us two solidified things in that one current time. They whoever they may be. I'm not putting it on anybody, but like they don't believe that America is great now, present time, because you wouldn't say make it great again if you thought it was great now. So, boom, there's your marker. Number one, they don't like the way things are going. And then when they say make it great again, you then have to ask yourself, well, when exactly? When are you talking about? So, like, again, eliminates the future So you can only be talking about the past. And like, I don't know, man, the past wasn't too kind to my peoples. 
<laughs> so like instantly, whether it's a political figure, your best friend, your neighbor, or, you know, just anyone, a coworker. That's why black people have like such a response to make America great again. Because like we also like then want to know when were you talking about and what was so great about it. Right. So. Moving that aside, because that's one of those hot button topics that like, I don't know, you start talking about race with some people and they just curl up into a ball. But I, I didn't, I didn't want to talk about that. So what, what I'm saying is when we talk about make America great again, they're looking to the past. So. The ops, for lack of a better term, is they're always looking to the past for when they used to win. That That's a loser's mentality, right? It's always about how things used to be. Bring it back to what it used to be. It used to be, used to be, used to be. So then they give you Black History Month. And all Black History Month. They like to remind you of where you came from. They like to sell it to us as look at where we came from to where we're at now. But also, if they're the same ones that is telling you, like, damn, shit was so much better back then. You should probably recognize that they are not celebrating your heritage. They're just kind of missing theirs. So to them, Black History Month is just some sort of perverted, like. Sometimes we watch them old videos like old R&B and rap videos from the 90s and we see some of these women or your your favorite singers. And, you know, what I mean, you see some of these women and actresses and you like, damn, I used to be so in love with her. That's reminiscing right over what that feeling made you have back then. And you have a reason that you can attach to that when they want to go back 100 years. You have no direct reason you want to attach to that unless you're just trying to use this whole thing. To put me in my place, I could be going way too far with it. Probably. That's just how my brain works. So for me, nah, it's a no go. It's usually kind of weird to me. A year ago, I came on the podcast and I was like, hey, maybe we should start doing like Black Futures Month because like there's a whole lot going on right now with black people that are pretty dope. And there's a lot of stuff that like, I don't know, doesn't have to do with slavery. That's pretty cool about being black even back then. But yeah, they don't ever go with that. So when it comes to Black History Month, I don't care. I probably should, but I don't. It's very important. I don't get to do this thing here if a bunch of people didn't shed a bunch of blood for my right to. I understand that. I appreciate that. I carry that knowledge with me. I pass that knowledge along to my children because that is my responsibility. I don't believe it's the school's responsibility. I don't believe the government or the Congress. It's nobody's responsibility, which is why me personally, I just don't tend to care about Black History Month because I can't tell if you're celebrating or reminiscing. I'm the deputy chairman of the state of Illinois, Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton. And uh, a lot of people don't understand the Black Panther Party's uh, relationship with white mother country radicals. A lot of people don't even understand that words that they're refusing a lot. But what we're saying is that there are white people in the mother country that are for the same type of thing that we are for stimulating revolution in the, in the mother country. And we said that we work with anybody and form coalition with anybody that has revolution on their mind. We're not a racist organization because we understand that racism is an excuse used 
for capitalism. And we know that racism is just, it's, it's a byproduct of capitalism. Everything would be all right if everything was put back in the hands of the people. And we're going to have to put it back in the hands of the people. Okay, so the voice that you just heard there in that clip was the voice of the chairman, Fred Hampton, of the Black Panther political party. Um, I wanted to I wanted you guys to hear that. And I wanted that to kind of be a springboard for the conversation that I really wanted to have today about like time and perception and how the two kind of go hand in hand and how they work together. So let me just start by saying this. I don't know what you may or may not know about the Black Panther Party. I'm not here to teach you about the Black Panthers, whether you're white, black, brown, whatever. I would implore you to go and educate yourself on the Black Panther Party, because chances are you have a you have an idea in your head about them and that when you hear it, that isn't completely accurate. Now, there's some accuracies to the good and the bad, but it's probably not completely telling you the whole story. And I just think it's fascinating enough that that you should want to you should probably want to get the whole story on a, on a, on a bunch of these topics. Um, but Fred Hampton, let me spoil the story. He goes on to be murdered by the police as many of black leaders at the time who didn't. Well, I guess I can't even say who didn't behave or, you know, follow the constructs of what was allowed of them in the time, because even the ones that was on their best behavior, Martin Luther King, got murdered as well. So like, let's just put that out there that so Fred Hampton is murdered member of the black Panther party in Chicago. I believe it was December 7th, 1963. As he lay in bed with his pregnant girlfriend, they just, they just started firing shots through the building. They can say whatever they want. You can now go back and see and read actual FBI documents and COINTELPRO and all of that. Again, this is not a podcast about the black Panther party but about the perceptions of so Fred Hampton at the time, even by J Edgar Hoover himself, who was the director of the FBI was labeled as pretty much terrorist. Number one, right? He is the biggest threat to democracy that we have in these times. That is a direct quote of what director Hoover had to say about Fred Hampton and the black Panther party in general. So they were treating them as terrorists in their own countries because, you know, the agenda of the Black Panther Party and of Fred Hampton didn't quite match with the agenda of what America was supposed to be and what it had been like. It didn't follow that system setup that had been put in place since slavery, since Jim Crow, since all of those things that came to pass. Um the main thing that the Black Panther Party preached and Chairman Fred preached was liberation. Liberation, liberation, liberation. Now, I want to speak to like my white listeners for a second. If you know of Fred Hampton or you know of the Black Panthers, um, if you're my age, which I'm 35 years old. So like you probably have an idea of the Black Panthers of Black Pride, Big Afros, leather coats gun toting we don't like white people white devils this and that right and that was a picture that was painted of them 
that again, there's always these little parts that are kind of true, but kind of not. Right. And the thing I'm going to fight back on today is the, is the point that like time usually reveals the truth about who's right and who's wrong. I don't know. In situations throughout eras, throughout everything, because that couldn't be further from the truth when it comes to Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party. Fred Hampton did not become super dangerous. And I'm doing air quotes because you can't see them, but like super dangerous until he actually started working with people outside of the black race. So Fred Hampton went and he spoke to the Latino gangs and he united them with the Black Panthers. He united the black gangs in Chicago with the Black Panthers. He then went and he had conversations with a group of white nationalists and I forgot their names. Um, shit, it's a really good story. I should have been prepared. Maybe I'll put it in the notes, but probably not. But you can look it up. A group of white nationalists who literally was Confederate flag waving people and explained to them, hey, your country isn't providing you with the liberation tools that they said they would either. So we're black and you're white. And we're told that we're supposed to be against each other. But really, we ain't black and we ain't white. We're just poor. And so, like, we're thinking that the war is between us because we're black and we're white. It's not. We're poor. And it's the war is the government and how they're treating poor people and disenfranchised people. And he was able to unite the Black Panther Party with a white nationalist group and a Latino gang and all of these things. And it's like this stuff was publicly happening inside the documents of COINTELPRO. They speak of this. Yo, he is uniting a bunch of groups that normally kill each other. That's a problem because they're they're turning on a common en- enemy, which at the time was the government. So you have to ask yourself this. Even then, when it's public knowledge that this is going on. I don't know, maybe I would say 50 percent of the interviews that Fred Hampton did when being asked a question by a white journalist, it was, why do you hate white people? So many times he answered first, I don't hate white people. I'm just fighting for my groups, this, this, this and this. We work with white people. This it's constantly ignored, right? Thrown to the backside, because when someone says black power, you assume it means. We don't like the whites, it's us, and that's not what that meant at all. They spent so much time trying to explain themselves with that. And it never really worked, because, again, if you're white and you're listening to this, ask yourself now, when I say Black Panther Party, you probably still had the idea of, you know, they did a lot great for their community, but like they didn't really like white people. That was marketing like that's that's just the way it was. Even black people now, we, you know, tend to to mess up the message a little bit. But like. It bothers me that that every time I, I watch these interviews, he answers this question over and over and over and over again. And I want to jump through the screen and be like, yo, stop explaining stuff to people. They either don't get it or they don't want to get it. And that's okay, because time is going to solve it. 
Time is going to solve it. See, time is going to reveal it. Feelings are going to die. But the truth is going to sit there, right? So what I mean by that is a lot of times we spend way too much time explaining ourselves and way too much time trying to convince other people ourselves sometimes that like how we're behaving or decisions we're making for our own lives are just because a lot of times what it is is when you start to make decisions for yourself and you start to do like what's best for you or your family or you start to call out the bullshit the only thing they can do in response to that is paint you as the villain that's it and then the more you go out of your way to try to prove you're not the villain the more villain gets attached to your name it's almost like an algorithm like if if your wife says you're cheating and you never cheated on your wife ever but every month year you're explaining to her i didn't cheat on you i didn't cheat on you or she's having conversations with other people or you are and it's just this constant husband cheat husband cheat husband cheat people that don't even really know you eventually is going to start to get the idea that oh yeah such and such i don't know they seems like they got issues with cheating well the issue isn't that we cheated the issue is that she thought i was a cheater but when you associate that that word with that name ta-da it's tied together so like when if you have to keep defending yourself against being a racist eventually you know lazy minds are just going to attach you to being racist but now i feel like we have the benefit of time but time takes patience so it's very hard to do and it's something uh, let me get a drink hold on this is very important too i'm just let me adjust myself it's something i'm learning myself because i've been tested I don't think it's been a year yet, but it's coming up on a year of test after test after test after test. And a lot of times, like a few years back, I would say around 2015, 2016, I really had to make some changes, maybe a little bit after that, but I really needed to make some changes. And it took me like sitting in dark apartments and running out of excuses. Right. I like to blame everybody else for all my problems everybody if i'm mad it's because they made me mad not because i chose to be mad like i ran i had to run through all my excuses and i did that and at that point is when i was like you know what i can be better the same way i can be mad i and i decided then that like i'm done trying to convince people of shit if i'm acting justly right and if I'm not acting justly. It's never on purpose in the beginning, but there's been numerous times from now to to now to from then to now that like even after the fact, I had to check myself like, ah, shit. Nah, this is on me. Apologize and correct the behavior. Not being perfect, 
but apologizing and correct the behavior because I I felt I feel peace and I feel calm in the fact that time is going to reveal. So like I've had what felt like new enemies pop up in this last year. And there's this there's this interesting saying that like betrayal never comes from your enemies. So I guess they wasn't enemies. But I've seen people like make decisions and do things against me that I never thought would switch up. And that bothered me. That bothered me heavily. So like I then had to be like, yo, so do I go back to yelling and destroying? Do I explain myself? Do I have to explain my position? And then I was like, yo, chill. Time's going to reveal who everybody was in this situation. And I feel really good because I got time on my side and I got truth on my side. I ain't always have that. (laughs) I didn't always have good intention on my side. And I got that on my side now. So, like, I think that's something we need to exercise more is patience and time. You don't have to defend yourself with everything. Sometimes people are going to do things against you. There's nothing you can do about it. I just chalk it up to me having to pay for, like, past life sins. I write it off. But, like, just be patient because time will fix your reputation if it's just Time will reveal truths about situations that that you don't have to go off and explain. You don't think I want to explain myself all the time? I'll be hearing shit. I'll be hearing what people say. And I'm going to go and explain like, yo, no, dog, that's not what happened. This is what happened. And this is why. If that hadn't happened and this hadn't happened. But I just don't engage like that no more. Like, I just I simply don't. If you. Whatever version of anything you hear about me, I let you run with it. Time is going to reveal that maybe one day you're going to ask me and I'm still going to give you the same answer. But the only difference is we're going to have time at that point. You're going to be able to look back and say, ah, look how that played out. And I'm going to say, yep, that's how it played out. So imagine if you're Fred Hampton, let me tie this shit back together because I was ranting, but I'm about to do some real podcast shit right here. Let me tie this back together. So imagine you're Fred Hampton and they call you a racist. For years and then they murder you while you're trying to defend yourself who would have imagined there's no way Fred Hampton would have imagined like hey I don't know 60 years later 40 years later someone's going to listen to this interview and have the benefit of time and space from the incident to be able to look back and say ah they did my man's wrong he wasn't a racist he was a revolutionary He wasn't a racist. He was a revolutionary. There is a speech out there. I couldn't find the audio for it, but maybe you'll have better luck than I did. He starts it off by saying. Black power to black people. White power to white people. Brown power to brown people. Yellow power to yellow people, which listen, I don't know if that's fucked up or not, but that shit sounds fucked up to me. I giggle when I say it. I don't mean to be racist. It's just wild. But in a, what he was saying in that the sentiment of that is stand up for your own people. If you're being oppressed, the power is with the people. If y'all are being oppressed, the power is with the people. If you want to call me a racist. 
That's fine. Because I ain't got nothing but time. Hey, let's do that. Free friends. Free friends. Free friends. Free friends. Free friends. Hey, I ain't even there yet.